Listen to Natty News. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Natty News, the nattiest news show in the world. My name is Anna Danani, and I'm joined once again with my co-host, Pat, living on the island. Woo! Pat, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. It is the best news to say there is no news this morning. I have done nothing of note. And it's about 11 a.m. It's it's great. I've really been enjoying it. I love Victoria. Shout out to Victoria. How are you, Edward? I'm doing well as well. I see you're sipping on your nice coffee. What a way to start your lazy Sunday morning. Uh, I've been doing pretty good too. No notable news as well, which, you know, sometimes can be good news. I think both you and I are pretty big fan of routine. So as long as stuff is going ahead of schedule, like there's nothing to complain. Um. But yeah, no, living on the island life, it, it really does kind of connect with the topic we're going to discuss today, just because when I imagine the island, especially Victoria, I just imagine such a relaxing lifestyle. Like, do you feel like you could maybe move there permanently? Could you see yourself settling down on the island and just enjoying this, I guess, quiet life? Man, it's uh, it's not a solo decision, uh, to say the least, but honestly, I really, really enjoy it. And uh, uh, we'll probably get into it a little bit more as we talk about today's topic, why. Um, I just find that, yeah, the, the lower stress contributes to success in so many parts of my life. Yeah, like actually, just from curiosity, do you think you're more of a city person or do you kind of like to be more in like an open, natural environment? You know, I think I'm halfway. So the city, if we take Vancouver, for example, where I have the most experience, there's just too much going on. Like there's so much traffic and like, you know, uh, there's so many people and there's always something going on. People are moving quickly. And then you can literally feel like a stressful vibe in the city. Like if you walk around anywhere in Vancouver at about 8.30 a.m. when I'm waiting for the bus, like everybody looks stressed out. They're running. But in Victoria, people start work at like 9, maybe 10, and people just drive the speed limit. It's, you know, it's a good time. Uh, like, you know, when I'm looking to change lanes, people just yield. Like, they're like, and they just smile at me. I can see them from like my back mirror. It's great, you know? And, uh, but I think too far out of that, if you're like literally in like the wilderness, then that's too far for me. I kind of like a city life that's not too busy. You know, I agree with you. Have you ever heard of the concept of a 15-minute city? No. Hit me with it. So the idea of it, and I might be wrong, but it's the fact that you are within 15 minutes of everything you need. Like, um, oh, and I think yeah. it's 15 minutes of, like, walking, that you're within, like, a grocery store, a school, like, a community center, that you have all of that within this 15-minute radius where, like, you can just get around and you kind of stay in, like, I guess, like, a little bubble um, where you'll have everything in that distance. And I think I like that. Like, I don't like to be in, like, a huge bustling city where, you know, it's just, like, skyscrapers everywhere. But I like, you know, kind of having the opportunity just to, like, get wherever I need pretty quick and pretty close by. So I definitely, I guess, like, I'm spoiled by the city, um, the city, like, uh, benefits. But uh, I do, I guess inspired to be more of one of those natural people like the ones who you know love to wake up in like a cabin and hear the birds chirping uh, i feel like i aspire to be like that but i'm too comfortable in the city living 
Oh yeah, it's it's good. I I think uh, you're you're in Kitsilano now, and from what I hear, there's you got everything pretty close by, and one of the best community centers in town, as I recall from last week. Man, the Kitsilano community center truly the peak of community center lo- luxury. If we have any um um workers there, you know, hatch off to you guys. You've done an amazing job. I'm big fan of it. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I do really like this neighborhood uh, and kind of what I mentioned, the walk of the Like, it's super close to get groceries. It's super close to go to the community center. And yeah, I enjoy it. And you know what? My step count is just amazing. I have a phenomenal step count from just all that walking. Uh, it's actually, it's kind of cute, though. I was talking with my mom yesterday and I was asking her, like, if someone asked you for, like, what's your number one life tip? She would, she was saying to try to walk as much as possible. It's a great tip, but I feel like that starts from living somewhere where walking actually makes sense and serves a purpose, right? Like you live in Kitsilano, which is beautiful, and there are things nearby to walk to. But if things are like an hour and a half away, you know, and it's groceries, like that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So yeah, where you are makes such a difference. You know, it completely does. And as people probably can guess, the topic today is obviously urban planning we are now shifting away from <laughs> fitness and talking now about urban city planning so welcome to natty infrastructure the nattiest infrastructure show in the world um but no i kid uh today's topic is actually going to be about stress uh, and specifically how stress affects your gains and how you can maybe better deal with it and train effectively when you go through those times of stress. Now, I guess to kind of kick off, um, as common sense as a sound, I really try to live my life minimizing as many stresses in my life. Like, I try to, like, cut down as much just because I feel like stress is the real hidden killer. Like, not only in your lifespan, but just also in your quality of life that if you're stressed about stuff, it just... It just ruins experience. So I truly try to minimize the stressors that I go through. Um, how about you, Pat? Do you feel like you have a pretty stressful life or do you think like you do a good job of balancing it? You know, it's. I think it's halfway. Uh, it's. I find it difficult sometimes that, you know, there's like the whole like hustle culture of nowadays, which as much of it's kind of a meme, right? Like, it, you know, in, in mid-20s, People are working really hard and I see my friends who are like achieving amazing things and I it's really easy to feel like I'm not doing too much or like to feel bad to rest, to feel bad to enjoy an evening, just like not do anything. You know, you all those people who say like, you know, you've got like whatever hours a week. If you're not working, you should be learning a new craft or whatever, right? And, uh, you know, I kind of used to get bogged down by that, but... Um, you know, I think right now I've really been trying my best to live a stress-free life. Like, you know, I I wake up, I go to work, uh, I try to enjoy my time with my clients and feel good about helping people. I leave work, eat a snack, go to the gym, lift some weights, go home, cook my dinner. And, you know, if there's small tasks, I try to do that. But I've really been trying to keep that routine and and where you like to say it all the time, it sounds boring to a lot of people, but it's really great having a routine. And I find that uh, for me, part of the enjoyment is getting better at that routine, like getting more efficient at it and doing the things in the routine 
in a higher level and better level. Like that's that's exciting, right? Like doing better at the gym, getting better at work, getting work stuff done in a more uh, efficient manner. Those are all, I think, pretty efficient things. I mean, uh, uh, fun things for me. I completely agree with you. And I think also like, there's an idea of like minimizing stress like like i don't think minimizing stress or trying to be a stress-free life means you don't do anything i think that's like a yeah. common um misdemeanor is like okay if you want to be a stress-free life you should stay on a beach and like have like mojitos all day although that is nice and it's good i do feel like you do also want to have an impactful life you want to get stuff done and yeah. i kind of find that like a strategy i like to do is kind of i like to say like pick your battles where you're going to have to do stuff in your day. And it's like, what stuff do you think you can do, you can take on that doesn't significantly give you anxiety or worry? Like, try to make sure that you never go too far, that you just take enough to kind of keep yourself in this good, nice area. It's kind of like the concept of like 80-20, where you can do 80% of the work, but then adding in that last 20 gives you like 80% more stress. Uh, so I feel like that imp- uh, impacts a lot of ways. So I-, I like what you're saying, though, but having that routine and having that balance, like you're going to have to meet with your clients and, you know, get paid and have your career. So try to enjoy it and try to take it as easy as you can instead of being so stressed about it. And I feel like there's a lot of aspects on that. And I, I do like how you're taking it. Um, before we talk into about how stress kind of affects training and how you can adjust from it. What do you do, though, when you're in a stressful period of time? What's your ha- what's your strategy to handle stress? Yeah, that, that's a that's a question I think about a lot. Um, and like I tend to tend towards the anxious side of things when um, basically stuff goes wrong. So my first strategy is I always try to hinge back on the things I can control. So, you know, uh, you know, let's. Yeah, let's say the yeah, let's say something's going wrong, but I kind of look at all the major pillars of life, which you know, considering family and friends, career, uh, sleep, recovery, training, and I try to look at which things I can maybe gain better control of, uh, and then I also look at which things I can take out. So, and we're going back to what you said about that twenty percent. You know, if it's something that I cannot effect that is making me stressed um for example it's waking up uh early in the morning for work every day that's what's making me stressed i'm not sleeping enough then then i have to go back and look at well i should sleep earlier right uh that's one thing i should do and maybe it's midterm week so i can't do that so maybe i have to look at okay well i'm spending two hours in the gym training at 8 p.m which affects my sleep Maybe I just got to not train for a few days. Maybe I got to cut down the intensity. So uh, I find that usually helps, like taking in a systematic manner, uh, looking at my life and seeing which things I can uh, take some stress out of so I'm not overloading that cup. No, I love it. And I actually really love what you said about uh, seeing what you have control over because I completely agree with that. I think whenever you're entered into a stressful situation, you get lost in this idea that you're stuck in there. And then you, that kind of worsens the anxiety. My, uh, my girlfriend, she once was talking about how, like, if you get the Sunday scaries about something like your job the next day, that's kind of a good sign that you need to start looking at changing your job. <laughs> and I, I actually, I really like that. I think that's a good insight. And I think it can be ap- applied to a lot of stuff where 
if you start getting a lot of anxiety or scared or scared about something i think it's good to maybe reevaluate if you really want to do that and um you know some things you know you got to do like obviously um you know maybe you like your job but you don't but you get worried about waking up at 8 a.m like you mentioned there are things you can change and mechanisms to improve that i think being able to take control and overcome that is very um important and valuable but i also guess there are points where you know you're never going to have a perfectly stress-free life and i feel like it's always good to have grounding tactics and stuff you can do that will always like calm you down and chill out like you know from uh, me and you i think we can both relate to this working out a lot of times can be a really good way to manage stress and if you're feeling a lot of anxiety just going to the gym or going out for like a run or a walk really can help calm you down and bring you back and i think that's a tool i use a lot i know other people um definitely have found other hobbies so i think it's important to identify that and try to find mechanisms that can bring you down and chill you out a bit just because i mean man stress that's the that's the real killer of the 20th century i feel yeah i mean i mean everything's just gotten stressful too right like things are expensive and there's all these like expectations placed upon upon us and uh you know you're either feeling like you're not doing enough or you're doing too much and then there's there's always something going on and there's always like stimulus coming off our phone and whatnot so and i think that that's another one too i think like lowering the stimulus like and there's been times where I definitely use social media too much. And like, even if I don't notice it, if I'm stressed out, like that little extra bit of stimulus is probably adding to it. So just trying to like take out some of the stimulus and uh, do better. Still working on that all the time. You know, and something else, which is a little funny because I think both you and I are huge addicts of this, is also lowering the caffeine. And I mean, that's kind of a minute uh maybe not the not always the solution but sometimes i feel like i just get way too much caffeine i start getting some of those jitters and my mind starts racing a little too much yeah and it gets to the point where you're not getting an energy boost and you're just getting a shot of like just pure like anxiety it's like you ever feel that feeling like your heart just goes fast and you're like i'm so tired but now i'm just like scared about everything oh my goodness um yeah no i i actually um, I was a few months ago, I was interviewing for a new position and I remember I, I, the one I have now and I remember I was feeling a lot of anxiety and I was drinking a lot of coffee and instead of helping me focus on like preparing, it just got me kind of like shaken and I would just be pacing around my room and I was like, this is super counterintuitive. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned this one before, but I've made a change like where I don't drink coffee immediately upon waking up and just trying to be more conscious keeping it to like one to two doses a day and coupled with all the other things i've been doing i really have been founding myself to be a little bit more grounded which is really good oh, that's fantastic no and i mean that is super important too so i guess then kind of like breaking into like so with stress we all know kind of the general impacts it has like it's known to lead to increase of like heart disease and people have passed away from just being in very stressful lives and our bodies and humans aren't meant to be stressed all the time i mean stress kind of comes from this fight or flight mechanism that helped our ancestors survive um and at that point it was a necessity but nowadays um you know we are not worried about having a t-rex chase us down so that stress mechanism can still be released even though we're not in that same life or that situation um 
but not only can stress affect your longevity and your health in that way, but it can affect something even more important, your gains. And at Natty News, we always want to maximize those gains. And so one thing I was actually reading about, for once I'm the one who brought in some research, some science into Natty News, is the effect of your mental fatigue from stressors can affect your training. And something that's really interesting is there's a significant impact on your muscular endurance because of stressors from maybe looking at your phone or maybe working a hard job and just feeling that um, spike can cause significant challenges in your training. I think in the report, they found upwards of like 25% less reps in reserve for um, upper body and lower body exercises when going through a period of high stress before training. And I mean, I think we've all been there. I think uh, we've all had those points of life where it becomes super stressful and we try to go to the gym. And even if we've been eating well, and even if we've been sleeping well, you just do not perform well at all. Um, I think I definitely probably this is a relatable story is during final seasons back in university, I would try to still go to the gym. And when I would get to the gym and I would maybe do like some bench press or something, and I had a number in mind that today I'm going to be doing like 235 for five. And then I, I just can't do it. I just like get to like 205 and I'm just like struggling. I'm like, why is this so hard? Why can't I do this? And in a way, it becomes this negative feedback cycle where it goes back in my mind. And it's just like, why am I so weak now? Oh, and I have so much shit to do. And it's just, oh, it's so much. And it's just yeah. a whole feeling. And it's funny then because the thing that helps you with stress ends up becoming a bigger stressor in your life and yeah it can be it can be bad so uh i'd love to hear have you kind of experienced this before of this like stress impacting your um training and just kind of lowering your overall quality of training uh yeah very i have a very good uh recent example and and uh, it kind of relates to because unfortunately i'm still in school and uh so it, it relates to the most recent, um, I guess it was finals. Was it midterm? It was a midterm or final season. It was in January of this year. And uh, so the way it was going to work out was in mid-January or so, I was going to go and compete uh, on the island. And it was going to be on a Sunday. And my finals would have started on the Monday after. So, that, so it would have been the day after. And I was dealing with some knee pain all through the beginning of the new year. And man, I just found like four weeks out every single week. Uh, my knee pain kind of got a little worse. Like I couldn't do like an air squat in the morning without pain. Like it would kind of catch. And then I was starting to get stressed about school. And my training was bad, right? Because I was stressed. Like I was waking up early in the morning. So I wasn't sleeping good. And every time I didn't train well, I got more stressed about it. Just like you said, Am, where I... I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not good at weightlifting. I'm not getting better. Uh, and I'm wasting my time here in the gym. And that kind of just compounded on and on until uh, one day about a week out, I just completely burnt out. I was like, like, I think I had like a little bit of a breakdown, honestly, emotionally. And I was like, I don't even want to weightlift right now. So I just had to like pull out the competition and I didn't train for a good week. Like I didn't want anything to do with a barbell and, uh, yeah, so I think for me, it was an example of, you know, not listening to my body where 
you know, I was still thinking I was like a 17 year old indestructible teenager where I could do all the things, but like my system was overloaded and it's, it wasn't about being tough. Like there's just like nothing I could do because my body was maxed up. So yeah, that's a, uh, you know, if, you're, if like you're kind of feeling like training is getting bad one day, that's one thing. But when training is bad for weeks in a row, despite our best efforts, then, you know, something is too much and something has to change. And it's really, it's a crazy about how much our minds affect our mindset because it affects like our, uh, our body, how much our mind affects our body, obviously affects our mindset. Um, it's really is so crazy because what you're mentioning is true where if you start getting in these bad mindsets and you start getting these bad moods over your training, it then just kind of completely destroys your progress where even though your body has been like eating well, sleeping well, getting all the nutrition recovery, but just because, you know, you're kind of going through these negative periods, it can significantly affect it and bring it down. And it's kind of nice to hear that it's not just all uh, that you're not just kind of being lazy or weak, but there's more to it. And I think it also brings a point about also like enjoying training. Since I think there's a big um, negative mindset about like, you know, you have to go through pain to make some gains. And there is a point, though, of like discipline and working hard. But then when people actually hate going to the gym, they feel like it's painful. They, it's so unenjoyable. You're not going to make much progress with that mindset. If it's going to be a battle for you to get to each time going to the gym, it's not going to really help you progress or improve. So it's really important to have a positive mindset entering into it, not only for you to um, not suffer as much throughout the day and having more stressors in your life, but also to be able to actually make good progress. You do need to have like a good mindset. Yeah, that, that's so true. And, and I've been having some good conversations with some of my uh, like lifting friends recently about um, yeah, the environment, right? Like if you're, in an environment where every time you go to train, you're kind of dreading it. You know, in my opinion, that's like, unless you're at the world level, like none of us have to train like it, you know, ideally we're in a situation where at least when we go to the gym, we want to do it. Like we're happy to move our bodies and it, it might not go well and there's like frustrations, but you know, I think overall it's, it's good to be in a mindset where we actually have the desire to, train and we think that it's at some level a lot of fun yeah no completely agree so we all agree about the effects your mind has so what should you do though when you're in those periods of excess stress and it's just like you, you're just not enjoying training right now now i would say even when you go through these stressful periods i think there's still value going to the gym i think oftentimes it's very tempting to hear this and be like okay i'm not going to perform at my best i should just not go which i can see the merit in it and sometimes you just need a break but at the same time i do see an immense value and still going to the gym and just do an easy workout like if you just go to the gym and maybe you just go with much lighter weight and you just get some reps in or you maybe just do much fewer sets so maybe instead of doing like your five by five you might just do like a two by five and then maybe do some like other accessories or just even instead of being at the gym for an hour, going there for like 20, 30 minutes. Uh, I still think there's some significant value in it today. Um, I was mentioning before on our chat uh, that I had a bit of a late night and today I'm feeling a little groggy. 
but I still think I should go to the gym and, you know, just take an easy light workout, just get some blood flowing, just get out there. And even though I probably won't be making much gains, I think it still provides some benefit to your mind that you're at least working out and getting some good endorphins, as well as it still keeps building that habit of going to the gym regularly. Because I think one thing you might know, Pat, is when you take that extended break, it's kind of hard to get back into a good routine um, that you previously had. Yeah, I, I agree with that a lot. And I think also what you're uh, discussing here is that there's that difference between uh, exercising, even lifting weights, strength training and training per se, like hard training for adaptation, where I think hard training, we do it because we're trying to break down, like, let's say you have when you were talking about hard training, I would define it as you have very distinguished specific goals that you're trying to meet. And what that means is that there is a desire, there's expectation to prove yourself wrong. There's very high expectations on the docket, like if you want to squat 500, right? And that inherently, the whole idea of it is a stressor. And I think a lot of people who do hard training kind of need to acknowledge that where, uh, like I would kind of go against the statement that hard training is a stress reliever sometimes because if that's our goal and we have high goals with high expectations a lot of the time it becomes really really stressful and i think it can be helpful on one of those days where we just feel terrible to do what you're talking about anwar and just go to the gym and exercise and do a couple of fun exercises or maybe do something out of the box if we're a power lifter maybe just do some bodybuilding movements because then there's no high expectations who you don't really care how much you bicep curl tricep extension whatnot but you can still have a very good exercise session and i think that is when we're doing exercise for stress relieving purposes and and it can feel good to move your body but yeah sometimes when we're stressed out and we're pushing that hard training trying to adapt trying to prove ourselves wrong and then you know on a day where we're probably not going to meet those expectations it can be it can be tough, but then there's that argument that you shouldn't always skip or you shouldn't always deload every time you feel fatigued. So there's a very fine line. There's a very big bit of listening to our body, I think. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes into like the value of using some type of like external feedback mechanism where, you know, we've talked about like reps in reserve and RPE systems. And I think there can be some value about that instead of focusing so much on the weight you're pushing look at the exertion you feel since you know based off so many factors like benching 225 one day could feel fantastic and you could easily get five no problem but on another day it might be a real struggle and i think it's important to you know be able to take that step back and see how your body's performing and kind of stay in a certain like limit instead of trying to be so dead set on a weight and I actually, I really love what you said about switching the exercises because like, I know how much I can bench, but do I know how much I can like chest press on that random machine? Like there's no metric on how I should perform on that. So anything I do from all my mind knows is like, oh, that's how much I would, that's the equivalent to my max bench. So like, I'm still performing at a good level. You don't get that mentality of like, oh, I'm so weak today. I'm so bad. Um, it just makes you feel like, oh, okay, this is a new exercise and this is my level of performance. So I actually really like that suggestion. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm stealing this line from Zach Tellender, who I watch a lot, but he says, 
uh, low expectations, high standards. And that's a really cool thing to think about sometimes where, you know, I think having expectations can be an issue sometimes because our body can only do what it can do on that day. And sometimes it just can't meet those crazy, you know, like big ideas we have in our head. But having high standards is great. Like if, you know, you're going to that chest press machine, it doesn't mean you're going to not have an effective workout. You can do as many reps as you can. In fact, maybe more than barbell bench because it's a machine. So you can go to failure. You can do a drop set and really, you know, try your best without having to worry about the expectations of how much weight is on the bar and all those things that that can uh, give us some stress. And you know exactly, and I think it all kind of comes back down there to try to, you know, pick your battles of stress where some things you can't control, like if you have a big project at work that you need to get done, or you're doing a difficult client, and sometimes you just got to go through it. Like there's not the option for you to yeah. be able to take away from it. Sometimes you do have to face the stress. And so then if you're going through those periods, do you really want to add more stress by going about the gym? Like the gym should not be one of those things where it adds more stress, unless of course it's your career, if you're a professional weightlifter, which neither of us are, and I don't think anyone listening to this is. Um, if you are, please message us. We'd love to talk to you. But yeah. um, in that case, then, it is really how can the gym help me with reducing my stress without adding more to it, where, yeah, exactly, you shouldn't be going through this and feeling bad or worse going to the gym than you did before. And I really love that. And yeah, Zach, what a what a wise guy. What a wise guy. You know, sometimes there's there's so much about like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, me and you both, I think, on Natty News and in our own training, we talk so much about programming, what percentage we should lift at, how much weight you should lift at, sets and reps. But increasingly, I've been finding that uh, when I program for people, I less often write exact numbers and percentages. And more often, I will actually like write constraints or external feedback statements something like work up to three sets of three on deadlift today they should feel fast smooth back needs to stay straight and like work as heavy as you can while kind of following those, those rules and and where we're stealing your word gamify but rather than just doing deadlifts just doing bench press kind of placing some rules of the game on there right it needs to move uh smoothly uh if you feel pain it should stop any any type of rules there and uh, I found that to number one keep people working at a high standard because they have rules of the game to live up to but also uh, reasonable expectations you just do as much as you can that day while following those rules and there's no number you must hit you just gotta do your best you know I love that and it reminds me of our boy Andrew Huberman as some Nai news listeners might know I've become a pretty big fan of the sauna, uh, especially at the world's greatest community center, Kitchelana Community Center. Check it out. <laughs> so I've been going to the sauna more often. And Andrew Huberman, whenever he talks about the sauna, he always mentions like, okay, what temperature should I go at? And he always says, as hot as you can feel safe and that you're not in any danger of yourself, that you can stay there for 30 minutes safely is what you should be at. And I actually love that point of view because it's so true where if you get dead set on a temperature, then it becomes like, oh, I can't sit there. I can't sit in like 120 
for um, 30 minutes. I just get lightheaded. I can't do it. Or it looks like I can't do the sauna at all, which is a shame because there's significant benefits. So even if you have to go lower temperature, just being able to sit there at a lower temperature is still so much better than not doing it at all. So, and I love what you're doing for your training. Like if someone can't deadlift like 135 and you put that in the program, it will make them think, okay, I shouldn't do deadlifts. Where like, of course they should still do deadlifts. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with doing 95 or um, just a bar or whatever, just as long as they're doing the lift, they're still making some progress. So I actually love that of how you do your training and how, you know, Dr. Huberman talks about the sauna. So maybe I think we need to normalize more of those instructions instead of giving such rigid sets and weights and reps and all that. Yeah, yeah. Try to get away from those uh, those binaries a little bit more, right? And it's uh, yeah, that's that's so good because so many people are gonna not try the sauna if you just put a number on it and they can't handle it. Or like ice baths. Like I cannot ice bath. Like it's it's really rough. But I can do like I've been working on a cold shower. Um, Every day, I think I've been doing about two minutes. So I just kind of put on a song in the shower, and I just, I just sing half the song, and uh, and like that's tolerable. And I'm doing it every day, and I've been noticing some benefits. So that's great. But if I was too hung on the exact temperature that the research says, or the fact that I don't have an ice tub, then it'd be something I wouldn't be trying at all. And man, I mean, just to quote my boy Huberman some more, he says the exact same thing. Like, if an ice bath is too much for you, a cold shower is good. If a cold shower is too much for you, going on a walk outside when it's cold without your jacket is then, like, it's just like whatever you can do, it's better than doing nothing. So, like, uh, cause, like for me, I mean, cold showers are even a little too much for me. So sometimes yeah, I just go for, like, a walk in some shirts. Yeah, man, it, it's, uh, I think if, if more people got that message in health and fitness and, you know, people who listen to us probably work out, but your friends, your family members, a lot of them probably don't like if I think those are the type of messages that make people more willing to try because it's like, you know, you can just kind of start at the level that's appropriate to you and it might not be ideal, but it's doing something new that's good for you and then that will feel good after a while. And then maybe you'll try more things. And I, like, I'm really hopeful that's the type of thing that gets more people to have a healthier lifestyle. Completely, completely. And I guess to end on it, you know, we were talking about hustle culture and how like, you know, we always compare ourselves to others and um, we can get very stressed that we don't do enough. And I remember I have a I have a good friend of mine who I would say is very successful in his career and has done a lot. And I remember talking with him and asking him, like, how does do you get so successful? How do you get to that point? And he was saying, like, really, the key is just showing up, like just having yourself go do stuff and like um, do it, even if you don't do a great job, even if you like half ass it once you get there is like really the key is just showing up. And I think that's a good way to take in it with a lot of stuff, like just going to the gym is a huge win even if you don't have an amazing workout or you pr and you might like even just go on the machines and just do some curls afterwards that's still better than doing nothing and kind of the same idea of like going for your ice bath like if you if that's you can't do just doing a cold shower for two minutes is still showing up and still doing it and i feel like taking that mentality can not only give you so much benefit but also help lower that stress of like oh i'm not doing enough yeah, yeah. We we want to build habits that we can do 10,000 times, not build like 
not do super intense things one time, right? Which is a what you would define as challenge, but not what you would define as a habit. And you know, one of my best, uh, one of my best stress relievers is always Natty News, the nattiest stress reliever you can ever have. And I hope the listeners enjoyed this. I would love to hear if any of them have any good secret or anything they do to help them minimize the stressors in their life. But with that being said, it was always great talking with you, Pat. Hope you enjoy your rest of your stress-free island life. Definitely envious of the routine you got over there. And with that, we have Natty News out. Natty News out.